0: For me i want my legacy to have meaning and purpose i was blown away by the script no we need to be a bit more smart and that is where the producing part came in
1: hey this is Chilu lemba welcome to this episode of zed flashback in this episode our guest is grace rumsey grace is an amazingly talented individual on tv you might have seen her as an actress she's also in movies she's also an incredible dancer that's something that not too many people might know I got to sit down with her and find out a bit about what makes her tick, her views about the industry and where it's going to. And it was all in all an entertaining chat. Remember, you can watch this episode on YouTube as well. Search for Z Flashback. Right now, enjoy the chat we had with Grace Tamara Rumsey. Miss Grace. Hey. Hey. <laughs> No, good to chat to you finally and you know, we have to start by congratulating you because you've been flying the flag high as an actress, meeting up with your purpose and doing great things. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much.
1: So I want to start by zooming in on the work from your very recent past. Um, I've been seeing a lot of buzz about the movie Miss Noma. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that movie
0: okay well miss norma is another feature film that i did which is also based on the same cause being albinism however it takes a different approach which is on the killings of people with albinism for rituals Um, this is something that is practiced commonly in southern and eastern africa Um, and it was shot in malawi and the producers are and the director is malawian american Hmm. Yeah,
1: and, and yeah, I think it's a very apt topic, um, especially for our, our time here. And now, Yeah, I was listening to radio the other day, and they were interviewing two people who were involved in a pageant, yeah. a unique one, because it was for persons with albinism. And it was so interesting and fascinating the the things that they were talking about, which I'd never heard of. And they were busting myths. It was a very deep and engaging yes. conversation. So I think it's a very good wave that we're on, uh, where we're bringing all this information to the fore on various platforms, including film. Yeah. Now you just come back from the states, where am I correct? You were attending the premiere of Miss Norma.
0: Um, correction. So the film is not out yet. Um, so we haven't premiered the film yet. Okay. Right now, it's still going through um, festivals. We okay. um, re- recently got selected at the Africa International Film Festival, which will be taking place in Lagos. Um And also Sotambe Film Festival, which was here and there was a screening for it here as well. Okay. So what the producers decided to do was have screenings. Um, well, I mean, with film, you're able to screen wherever the the wherever the original film is from so being us and malawian those were the two places the main places where it was being screened however they were doing more of like a tour screening which was in the us in different states so washington dc south bend indiana atlanta which was the one i attended and seattle those were the two that i attended um so it was basically just showing the community on the Africans, the idea was to promote to try and promote African cinema and to engage more African um, filmmakers within the diaspora. Yeah. And, and it went very well.
1: Okay, excellent. And while you were there, that's when um, the buzz with the Can You See Us, which you also acted in, yes. uh, it, it kind of took over the world It uh, did well on Netflix, and, and the buzz was was tangible. How did that you uh, catch you? How did you feel about the, the response? Was-
0: i mean it was a whirlwind um for me i feel like god strategically positioned things i mean this is from my personal experience because from looking at the time we shot the film which was in 2020 and then i did another feature film and both of them were sort of like being promoted at the same time. So for me, I'm just like, Lord, you at it again. (laughs) So it was incredible and being in the US and having uh, the Zambian community um, support the film the way they did um, was absolutely incredible. And a lot of people that were that were watching the film and they kept messaging and texting and talking about how it's doing in the ratings on the, in the U S as well. And when it got to the U S top 10, I was just like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. But yeah. Um, it's a pity because right now in the U S there's the whole, um, um, right now, the actors are going on a strike. So it was a bit tricky. It's a tricky time right now to sort of like try and push yourself because that was the angle and the aim of being in the US um, to do that. But yeah, we'll just wait.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh, It's, it's isn't it interesting that, um, you know, like the way when something of that sort happens, a lot of times, from the outside, uh, when something's doing incredibly well, like, like the way it, uh, you know, Can You See Us did. Some people might think that it's like a manufactured buzz, but in this case, You'd go to forums and you'd see people discussing it. You'd um, go to TikTok. People are, you know, doing reviews. He was on it it on touched it. people, like, on a very hearty, hearty uh, level. Yeah. And, and in the movie, you know, you played the role of uh, Brenda. And that was a very strong character. You played it so well. Thank and you. what I found amusing, it was, that like no glam, no frills. Uh, you just embodied the character. And uh, you were playing, like, the protective aunt, too, in a sense, was the guardian angel of uh, the main character amidst all the turmoil all you know the, the person's world collapsing and that kind of thing how did you approach the role of Brenda
0: um, I mean, firstly, when I read the script, I was blown away by the script um, and how it was so relatable in so many ways, especially for me. Um I always like to make reference to this, um, I, I, <laughs> but it's it was very personal for me, this particular story in the essence that the main character was a boy and I am a mother of a boy child. So aside from that. Um, we all cry for diversity, um, fighting for equality for our kids and all of that. And for me, having a child who's autistic and being in a setup where autism isn't um, recognized or really talked about, so it's frowned upon and looked down upon, it I related to the, the character in that way and I approached it from my motherly instincts and that played out naturally because I was now connected to that to the, the lead character through that.
1: Yeah, I, I I kind of can connect with that. There's an ad that I did not too long ago, uh, which was nominated for Best International voiceover Performance, Woo! thank you, thank you. <laughs> but it was an ad for the South African Guide Dogs Association. And so when I was reading the script, to personalize it, I had to look at my own situation because i've got an eye condition called keratoconus which is a degenerative eye condition so at some point i could be a guy in need of a, a you know a guide dog you know years down the line and so for me i had to tap into that in order to bring sincerity through yeah. so I, I can connect to what you're saying you know um that as a mother uh you were able to 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 empathize yes. and, and sell yourself into this character because you could connect to yeah. to, to that and
0: that situation. protective instinct just mm. It was just automatically there because of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going to quote you. So, this is now me reading, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll try and do it in grace of voice. Nah, no, I'll just should do it in voice over voice. But you once said, You said, I'm an actor, creative, and a storyteller. My dream has always been to tell more compelling stories on subjects that impact our lives, both negatively and positively. And I um, didn't want to just be an entertainer, but to have work reflect in a more meaningful and purposeful way and i get the sense when i you know see a quote like that that you're locking into a deeper responsibility that's linked to your work yes. um, am i tapping into the right yes. uh, set emotion yeah
0: yeah um i remember th- when i wrote that um um, it's kind of funny because I always go back to this was just this just hit me actually earlier this year but there was a time when I, I think it was just after I did Love Games and I was approached by two producers um, Oas Mwape and the late um, Mingeli and they approached me and always asked me one thing and he says um, what type of where do you see yourself in the film industry and the two things i said was i want to become an international actor but aside from that i just don't want to be a famous actor um for me i want my legacy to have meaning and purpose and i want to tell more which is in guideline to this and not knowing that the way god has been positioning me and placing me trickling down the years. But even when you start from Love Games, Love Games was a safe love campaign, yeah. which was also promoting a cause, you know, and strategically I, without me realizing that these things have already been manifesting in my life. And this is an alignment with what I already projected for my, my path. So when it came to doing Can You See Us, that was the first step. And ironically, um, after that when I now got to do Miss Norma it was a situation where I was now promoting myself internationally and I was speaking to international producers and sending them my my reels and all of that and that's how the Malawian producer saw it in the US and contacted the producer from Ghana and asked to audition me for this particular role and when he told me the story I'm just like what is it also on and I'm just like this is amazing. And then from there, uh, moving back to where you got that um, that piece from that that I that I talked on, that was coming from the other stuff that I'm doing, which is more my humanitarian work. Um, this is in alignment with another film uh, filmmaker, Mfaweli. She's a brilliant actress as well and she's a good friend of mine. And we connected because she had suffered depression. And she wanted to get into the space of doing more mental health um, work, but combining mental health with 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 film, because we understand how compelling and powerful um, visuals have, and we were like, why not try and create short films um, in promoting mental health awareness. And and when I shared my story with my journey of my son in link to promoting autism, which is also another bracket on its own for mental health, it's sort of just instinct in what we were both discussing. And then she wanted me to play a part in her first short film, which was called Mindset, and um, which was a very powerful piece as well. So again, it brought me back to the same the same thing that I said many years ago, and I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for giving me these opportunities. Um, I'm really grateful We're
1: gonna stay on that just a little bit because off screen, that's kind of what's uh, being be, being linked to your journey. Uh, yeah. the activism is synonymous with your journey. You're involved with uh, autism awareness, like you say, uh, based on on your your son's situation. Uh, tell us a bit more about that.
0: Um, so I recently um, gained the strength to open my uh, foundation, which is a uh, named voice of Elisha, after my son. And this is to help spread more awareness on autism and the challenges that we face here in Africa, specifically Zambia. And the same, um, using the same format as we're doing with mindset change creations in mental health space, but using using uh, visuals as a way of sharing the challenges that are there for parents and for children again who are not given the same opportunities that the rest of Zambians are given. There is so many disadvantages that our children face and there are so many um question marks and you become really worried and scared because you start to think of your child's future and what are the possibilities of this new dawn that we have that everybody's celebrating. But then for a mother like me, I'm thinking, how is my child included in this bracket when there are so many areas that have so many loopholes that are affecting his potential and affecting his future, being in the health and the medical sector. So that is basically what Voice of Elisha is, is to champion that. So I'm currently in the process of doing a documentary, which is on the same, um, raising awareness on these challenges, but it's basically just my journey as a mother and what challenges I have faced as a single mom um, dealing with autism and a lot of the 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 way people view the situation from from if i I mean if you don't have a child that's autistic what are the chances of you even bothering to do your research on it i would say i was also the same because i was ignorant to it but it had to take me to have a child with it for me to actually dive into it and this is where now you start to see the importance of educating our children on on people being different and people being uniquely having their own strengths in different areas it may not be in a social area which is basically what autism is um it's not only an intellectual disabilities but people also treat it as your child is dumb your child is um your child is a problem and t- children tend to reject other children that are different from them but it starts with us as parents and how do we go about educating our children on people being different so i mean you can't really blame parents for it i was a parent that was like that when i just started but for me now being in this position and being a filmmaker how can i use my voice to share
1: yeah yeah no it's important i mean like i'm I'm, I'm a dad uh, as well i've got two two girls um especially earlier on, uh, we were hearing words because of some of the challenges that they were facing for the first time, um, which we hadn't heard of before, like apraxia, um, and even when you speak about autism in, in certain places like South Africa, the, the language for, for it is already there. you hear people talking about where on the spectrum yes. the, the child is and so on. But I, I find that in Zambia, we, we are late to those conversations. And Very late. Uh, so what what you're doing then is, is important because then it it's kind of um, Puts a spotlight on it in 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 a helping kind of way. Yeah, uh, because a lot of people have um, you know children, siblings, um, relatives who have um, challenges in in certain ways or or, or diagnosed or have been diagnosed uh, with with certain conditions or whatever. But we're very ignorant uh, around yeah. it, and and so we don't know how to approach interface and situ- approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's very important that all of us um, kind of you know k- get get on board in terms of getting the knowledge, so that we are as, as helpful as can be. I mean, I think I'm not uh, not dyslexic. Am I dyslexic? I couldn't. I <laughs> haven't been diagnosed, but I'm battling to read these questions here, Grace. <laughs> I could be dyslexic. <laughs> no teasing. <laughs> Now, okay, before I get to my last question, I wanted to find out from you because in my situation, um, when I got into radio and entertainment, it wasn't something that was looked at with respect no so people would think you know you're a dj or you know you're a radio guy th- and and they kind of have a certain way that they frame frame you and and what you can do um and so they didn't give us uh forgive the pun grace <laughs> in terms of like how we how we kind of you know inter-, inter interact and interface as as guys who might have opinions that are that are deep or might might be well read you know they just kind of thought no nah, it's just a dj um you also, are uh, in a in a situation where, whereby you you're an actor, and you 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 in these roles that are being celebrated globally and so on. When you first entered um, uh, the the scene, you know, and and decided to become a, a creative and get into that space, was there pushback from family? Did they understand? Boy, oh my goodness!
0: I mean, we could write a book on that. <laughs> the journey has been really uh, it's it's been a whirlwind um i'm just i just thank god for my tenacity and and my boldness to just pull through regardless and stay on what i believe which is Never give up on your dreams. Um, But my journey, I was similar as well. My dad wasn't for the idea of me pursuing arts. So I graduated in South Africa. And I remember in my last year, my speech and drama teacher was the one. Her voice still rings in my head on my bad days, the days where I give up and I'm just like, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. I am done. And her voice always rings because when I was trying to figure out which direction I wanted to take, But I always knew, for some reason, that entertainment was always going to be the area that I was going to venture into. Although at the time, dance was my primarily that was my primary focus. But and then again, I tried to accompany it with music because I started doing um, voice training. But the thing with voice training that I was it was also helpful for theater. So. The fact that I was in the drama, I was part of the drama school um, at in high school, uh, my speech and drama teacher was the one who was just like, Grace, so what are you doing after you graduate? So i um, like, you know, I'm still thinking about it, but I am considering acting. I wanna go to AFTA, I've applied, and I actually applied to AFTA. And I was accepted into AFTA, and my dad shut it down and said, no. So to show my seriousness, I would literally get on the bus and go to the Johannesburg Civic Theater since I was told that I could not go to after, It was too expensive and I'm just like, you, you're just not gonna give me that chance, but it's fine. But I'll show you, I'm very serious. And um, at the time I was waiting to get into cosmetology school and I started acting classes at the Johannesburg Civic Theater. And um, things didn't work out um, that year. A lot of things changed and I moved back home to Zambia and that was where the dream kind of got shot. Because now I'm just like, where to begin from here? <laughs> like, now where do we go from here? Um, the dream has to die at this point. Um, long story short, I started work, and then one of my friends who I spoke to about my dream and very few people knew that I wanted to pursue acting and, and all of that Um I think it was only Salma that knew at the time and my friend said there was at the before I came to Zambia they had done um, One Love Kwasila so they're like oh no you should follow the company that did that and on Facebook so that's how I decided to follow Media365 and then they had an opening and I think at the time I was staying within Rhodes Park and their the offices were in Rhodes Park at the time. So my friend told me that oh, apparently they are holding auditions for, um, for something. And that's how I went. So I did the auditions um, and I was picked for a supporting lead and i've been blessed enough i've never done background work ever so thank god for that (laughs) um but yeah so that's when i got to meet fred um he was one of the people that were there fred Peary, um who auditioning me and that was my first and i thought from here things are just gonna take off you know not knowing the, the history that is there and where the Zambian film industry was at that particular time. Um, but we were naive and we still still went ahead and did it. And it didn't go anywhere. And I remember, I think it showed on movie TV, if I'm not mistaken. And then they put it on YouTube. But again, it was um, it was in promotion with Ministry of Justice. So it was a five-part miniseries. Um, it was meant to be a feature, but then they broke it down into a five-part miniseries, which was from um, um fighting the anti-corruption cause and all of that and after that I think because they had me in their database that's how they called me now it was back to eight to five work from there back to eight to five eight to five then love games came and that's how I was called for love games to audition and then I did the audition and I got the part again after love games got done oh things are gonna take off now same thing
1: (laughs) the dream was on hold. And it was very, very five again after that. Yes, it was
0: very frustrating. (laughs) Um, It was so frustrating to a point where I'm just like, you know, I don't think this is in the cards for me. And I think from there, that's when um, I finally, because initially before all of this, I did want to do cosmetology. And I wanted to always do cabin crew because I just wanted to travel and and fly. So this time now, I was like, Okay, maybe let me go back and do that. So that is when I decided to do cabin crew training and after we got done with cabin crew training we're like oh no the national airline is going to be coming i'm so excited thinking oh now things are going to take off and still in my head this is going to be my opportunity to keep sending my work to different like whichever country will be going to i'll need to find out that was the mindset i had yeah. um and then again halt the the national airline did not open so. It was now trying to find work. It was challenging finding work, um, especially here. It was really, really hard, until I got to into another eight to five, and this time I was working for a financial service company in customer service. And then I got to, Well, I was now gonna work with a different airline. I think that was a time Fastjet was coming to Zambia, and I went for um, I went for the interviews for that and I was picked and they offered me a really good package but around the same time is when Zambezi Magic came to Zambia. And I got an opportunity to sit down with the channel head at the time, which was Zeno, and he was meeting talent, um, in Zambia. And when we, we had the conversation and I was complaining about the challenges it has been for me as an actor and trying to pursue my career here and all of the challenges that we've had. So he's like, Oh no, there's a show that's coming up, Fever. Yeah. So you should go and audition. And funny enough, I was actually shortlisted for Fever and I didn't know. So I went there and they're like, we've been trying to look for your number actually. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I actually just, no, this was before the audition date. I called Julian and then I got to speak. Yes. And then, um, he told me to come through for the auditions. And when I saw Becky there, was like, oh no, we actually had her on our list for this specific character, um, which was the Mwaka character. (laughs) And when that happened, um, I was very prepared to not quit my job and I'm like, I'm not, Quitting my job because at this point now survival mode kicked in. The dream of just pursuing art was just now like no, it was a chokehold financially. <laughs> like no, we need to be a bit more smart. Yeah. So when they called me in and then told me I got the part, and then they're telling me, no, your character is a supporting lead, but it's very centered, and we would need you to be on set more often than just weekends. Because I'm like, oh no no, I can work and everything, but I'm only available on weekends. Yeah. And then, of conditions life. yes and then <laughs> becky's like um grace we kind of need you full-time we cannot and i'm just like i can't there's no there is just no way i am quitting my job like what i'm the package you people are going to offer me will not compensate for that's my livelihood there's no way and they're like no we really need you for this project please think about it and what and what and what. like okay we'll see i'll think about it i that night i could not sleep and i had to speak to my dad's sister my my aunt and i had gave her a call and i'm like auntie i don't know what to do i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because i have these two opportunities and one is offering me a really i mean that time how much was fast that was just for the training at that time they were offering me i think eighty dollars for the training, And this was like in 2015. And this was training. This was not going to be my final package. This is just for do the train, the training for the two weeks, and I'll be paid Mm. while doing training. Mm. And now (laughs) there's, and this was before we discussed finances with fever. And my aunt is just like, truth be told, grace, very few people are actually brave enough to pursue their dreams. So it's really up to you to make that decision. But you will always never know what the future would have hold if you gave up on your dream. And for me, it I think I already knew what I wanted to do. But I kind of just needed that extra nudge to say it's okay, if you're going to take the if you're going to make that bad decision to pursue your 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 love. So which I did. And that's how I turned down FastJet. And and FastJet didn't even go for it. it lasted one year in Zambia. It that was it. But so did the career as well. <laughs> it was it took ages. But it gave me great opportunities from this point, because now I had a different perspective. Because at first, when I ventured in, it was just acting, acting, acting. I never saw myself doing anything else aside from acting. But after doing Fever and the way I was so involved, um, I'm, I really like to work with i'm very team spirited and whenever there are any loopholes or challenges that i i'm always eager to help and assist in whichever area. So I started finding myself even like when we're going through scripts and everything. And we missed a scene or was the last scene that was shot or something with wardrobe was a bit off. And I'm like, but I wore this one. And
1: yes, so for, for started, continuity. Yes. Yeah, and
0: yeah, Becky yeah. started to identify these other strengths in me. And she's like, Grace, have you ever considered anything else beyond acting? And I'm like, No, for me, it's just Hollywood, you know, and that's where I see myself Oscar yeah. award winning actress. And that, that's just the dream, just acting. And she's like, you have other strengths, you really should explore it. And that is where the producing part came in. Mm-hmm. And I also decided to go to Essay, an opportunity came for me, and that was the time Ring of Lies just came to Essay and they were doing their first season. And I had the opportunity of shadowing on that project just after we did Fever. Uh, unfortunately, Fever took like a break for two years and it, not, everything was just on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, But then from there, I got to do Kumwesu as well, which was hosting my first time hosting and other just different opportunities. And I was now exploring different avenues of entertainment. And that gave me a broader perspective of, okay, you know, maybe you should not be so rigid and just focus in this area. There are various ways you can explore. And that was now where I made the sole decision to just be in entertainment at that point, because I'm like, It's either now or never. There's no way you can give it 30, 40% and expect to achieve the dream. The goal is hard. I mean, and for you to make it internationally, there's so much work that you have to do and there's so much you have to learn. How are you gonna learn it if you are now focusing on an eight to five job? It's gonna be very difficult for you to juggle the two and invest your time to actually really explore this, this industry. And that's where I made that decision. And I'm so grateful I did make that
1: choice. Before I ask you my last question, I think it's important that I, based on what you're saying, share like a little story, I'll make it quick, but there's a gentleman who's also a movie producer and I think he's originally from Malawi. So what had happened is he used to be very good at sourcing funding for his movies. Mm -hmm. He'd secure funding from all sorts of institutions. And after a while he realized like, that's actually my strength, sourcing funding. And so then he created an investment company where now movies was like a small M because now he'd it, it's, it's secure funding for housing projects and oh, all wow. sorts of other things, you know, yeah. because uh, at some point the, the, you know, the realization just hit him that this is actually a, stre- a different strength yes. that, that I'm sleeping on, you know so yeah there are other I'm, I'm impressed with what you're saying because you know besides acting same with voiceover guys will think if if i can get in there as a voiceover artist then i'll make it but there are other areas on the peripheries of the industry where you might be more suited yeah yeah so here's my last question uh grace you've traveled a lot now you know you you've kind of uh seen what other movie industries and in other countries are doing what's your hope? Or what's your your vision regarding the movie industry here? The Xamarin movie industry?
0: Um, First of all, my hope, the first thing that I hope for, is us to have one voice. And I think that's the, the biggest hold that chokehold that we actually have as um, film industry, focusing on the film industry. The fact that we don't have one voice is hindering a lot of things that need to be put in place. Things like policy making, things like guilds, for example. We cannot have guilds if we're not gonna have one voice. It has to take us to put a stand and say no to certain things, even if we're gonna be labeled as difficult which I am, (laughs) (laughs) labeled as difficult, problematic. um, But all you want is professionalism. When you spend so much time investing in your craft, um, people don't know what it takes. Everyone thinks it's such a walk in the park to get in front of the camera and work. They really do not understand the mental strain that it, it takes you through and the emotional damage it can do. Um, to an individual, there's so much that is involved in preparation as actors. Um, those that take their craft seriously know what it takes to build character, embody a character, and the journey that it takes for you to get um, invested into that particular role. But, and with all of that, professionalism is something that we do lack. I mean, we have, there's been so much growth within our sector but this area is still a glitch and it's still a problem and the fact that it's a problem when i see how things are done internationally it always makes me think how do people think they're gonna grow if if we are fighting about this like this is we shouldn't even be fighting over this you know this is something that should be clear as day i mean small things like contract agreements and the smallest things of just treating somebody fairly is is a problem it makes it's different when you get to a point of demand. And now your demand is coming from a place of experience, that is a different conversation. But just common practices of professionalism that we lack, in terms of timekeeping, there's just all these small nitty, like all of those are a huge, have a huge impact in the growth of our in because it now shows the, essence, which is the conversation we, we had just earlier, how people approach this industry is it's a hobby yeah it's not taken seriously and how do how do we expect um the corporate world to take us seriously and for them to invest in us if we ourselves don't take it seriously um so having said that those would be the two key factors having one voice um professionalism um the other area is upcoming actors um a lot of people now are very excited because we've been given great opportunities, especially with some busy magic being on the scene, which is great for our industry. But another aspect that people seem to forget is film and television are two different entities. They're not the same. So us saying we have an industry going, we, our film industry is still growing. The fact that um, investors and distributing companies or, financial investment is not being looked at in Zambia is because of the numbers that are coming from Zambia so if they're going to look at our industry and say how many films are being produced in Zambia we don't really have a lot of films that are coming out of Zambia so we're here glorifying and celebrating that we have a television industry and thinking that it's in the same bracket as it's not so it's now understanding the business side of things and creating opportunities for markets like that that will educate us more, I think then we'll be in a better position. But I like the fact that Swatambe Film Festival made an, put an initiative to start, um, I think they did, she merged with um, a Kenyan um, uh, kenyan distributor and they merged to create a a business platform which gives now an opportunity for investment and for distribution opportunities to take place so where producers can gather and meet and see directors as well and meet with different people from different spaces in the world and give us an opportunity so that is the first step but i still say beyond that as long as the groundwork being um policy making guilds are not in place, we're going to keep going in circles. Yeah.
1: Grace, thank you so much for your time. I wish you well. May you keep thank flying flag high and all the best with your foundation. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>